Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast like I'm doing here? I used to have a radio show on the internet and I absolutely loved it. The downside was I had to pay to be the host. I had to pay a lot of money. I loved my show and I still had lots more to say. I just didn't want to pay so much to have conversations with you. That's when I found Anchor. I am so excited because Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing my own podcast. Instead of me paying out a lot of money, I have the potential to get paid for using my voice and talking about what is important to me and hearing your stories. I love connecting with all of you, and Anchor has given my voice to you. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Thanks for joining the Gay With God community. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay With God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm glad that you're here for episode two, and we have a powerhouse for you today. Lauren Borden's in the house, and she's going to tell her story. I'll let her introduce herself a little bit, and then I might chime in a little bit once in a while. I don't know, because I'm really interested, and I want to hear her story. So, Lauren, welcome to Gay With God. Thank you so much for having me, Midge, although I had no idea this was this was called, or this was uh, episode number two. I feel so honored to like yes. get in there. Yeah, like so early. Um, yeah, and just like, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so as I said, my name uh, is Lauren Borden. We had a conversation before this. We're like, okay, do we want to introduce me as Dr. Lauren Borden? That's usually professionally how I introduce myself, but I relate to this as more of like a personal conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm a, so I am a, an executive coach uh, who specializes in working with women. Um, and I've been doing this for years and it's funny because it's like a lot of my work focuses on supporting women and kind of deconditioning themselves and really stepping into their power and like owning their voice in a more like self-expressed way and all of these things. And of course, it's funny, I was doing this for a very, like I was doing this for a while before I really was like fully came out and everything like that. So it was kind of perfectly, like I was very much coaching people along the same things, like along the lines of the same things that I kind of ended up having like to learn to really embody and like put my money where my mouth is. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I live here with, uh, with my partner and um, I'm a coach, I'm a business owner. I work mainly with women um, and also Midge and I met each other uh, yeah. in kind of an intuitive space where we were really like exploring the more spiritual side of things. So like, that's also a really huge part of my yeah. life and my practice as well. And like, we have that in common. So yeah. Yeah. So let's start back in the day, <laughs> way back yeah. in the day. Uh, for some people, it's earlier than others. But um, when did you get the inkling that you may be gay? You know, um, I look back at the trajectory. I grew up in a really, I think like you, I, it's funny, Midges, I remember you talking to me about your story. And yeah. actually that was one of the like dot connection moments I had yeah. where I was like, but your story was so like echo, like had this kind of echo inside of me where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like that's, um, 
like we have some really big similarities. So I, I also grew up in a really conservative Christian uh, household. And one of the first things that I remember learning, like I went to this all girls school and there was this, um, there was this, this girl who I knew was adopted and she was a classmate and she got picked up one day and she, or like we were at a recital or something, something with parents and there were like two women and I kind of was like confused as a little kid. And I remember looking at my mom and being like, well, actually, you know, I don't even know if I, it was really on my radar, but I remember the memory that I have is like, my mom was like, oh, they're lesbians. And it was like this like <laughs> hushed tone, like, like, you know, like when you're a little kid and you're like empathic and intuitive and you're like, oh, what does that mean? Like, does that mean she has cancer? You know, and, and it's, <laughs> and like, so, so like that was very much the energy that I grew around so for most mm -hmm. of my life I would say that it was like very securely in my blind spot mm -hmm. um and I had always uh, and frankly I'm bisexual so like or I'm, I guess the the more accurate term is probably pansexual though I don't really love labels mm -hmm. um, right but historically I'd always dated men and like had a very active dating life and so it, it never really like like I think so much of my attention was on that that it didn't really click uh, there were a couple of indicators like for me when I was younger when I was in middle school um, I remember I had this one really really close friendship that and then we had this we basically went through this like breakup like it was like a very intense like splitting of friendships that like devastated me and I looked back on it later and I was like that was very like there were very much like romantic feelings like there was a very uh -huh. deep like emotional connection but of course to me it was just like you know, at the time, I, it just read as rejection. Um, the first time it really started getting clear was I was I was in a long-term relationship in graduate school, and I had been kind of removed enough from my family for long enough for long enough that I was kind of starting to do a lot of internal work and like Good. build my yep. self-awareness. Yep. And I was in this relationship that had kind of started hitting the skids, and I started like like fantasizing about dating women and I was mm -hmm. like that's new like that's <laughs> like that's okay that's new that's interesting and um I remember at that point when we broke up like I switched my dating profile and I was like okay maybe like like maybe I'll explore this thing with women and it didn't even really fully I don't know if I'm giving you too many details or if like, <laughs> you, want, you want to like jump in because I know I'm giving you like the whole dog out <laughs> that's fine uh, it, it, it like the, the moment that it became really, really clear was when, so I ended up on, it literally took me going on like a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Wow. I was completely silent for like 10 days and I came out of the meditation, like I came out of the retreat and had this very deep inkling, like you need to start dating women. Like you need to actually, there's something to explore here for you. Mm -hmm. Cause before it was like, okay, like I could probably be, probably be like, more fluid in terms of who I'm with ultimately um but it was the first time it was like no no this is actually like the most aligned thing and like you've been ignoring this and like there was kind of an internal like you must wow know, kind of thing happening and that was actually what's funny is that was actually around the time that we I we had this session I don't know if you yeah oh absolutely Mm -hmm. And you had described like your experience. And I remember that was one of the moments because I like had this deep internal inkling, but my response was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> exactly. Because oh, we, we know what we were told when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, um, I also, at the time I was actually dating, I was in a relationship yes. and I, I was in a heterosexual relationship and, uh, with someone who I still, I like have a lot of love for. And I was just like, this is wildly inconvenient. Like yeah. that I'm. <laughs> like 28 I was think I was 28 or 29 at the time and I'm like why is this just coming up now um right. but I do look back and like there were these little um there were these little breadcrumbs you know and, and then I yeah. think another really big breadcrumb was that I was always like a fierce ally like if yeah. I ever I had a lot of friends who were gay and if like anyone ever targeted them I was right. like uh, I would go full pitbull yeah um <laughs> Like that's ultimately one of the reasons I left the church actually. And it wasn't, it was never because of me. It was always like out there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot. That was a lot that I just gave you. So, but. but what's relevant about that is that, that not everybody 
just wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm gay. It, it is a it is a process. And it may all of a sudden come out like after the 10 day retreat. But but th- like you said, there were breadcrumbs and what, hindsight is wonderful. If we could actually just read the hindsight before we start growing up, that would be great. But it doesn't work that way. And especially when you have that conservative background and we get the messages of what we're told about gay people, even the subtle thing that your mom did about you. Oh, they're lesbians. You know, it reminds me of how people in Steel Magnolias, the person had to say, hey, I need to tell you that I have cancer. And everyone's devastated. He goes, oh, no, really, I'm just gay. So it's like we have to make this worst case scenario to then be validated that gay is not that bad. And and that's hard to get through. So I'm wondering, you know, with your conservative background and with your parents, how did that after that 10 day retreat? And it says, move forward <laughs> onward to gain yeah. a, you know, what was that like for you and how did it affect your relationship with your parents and and friends and yeah it was well so for me it was interesting because most of my like at this point so I had left the church actually for a, for a large reason like a lot you know I kind of departed from a lot of that conservative ideology and that more like Christian like traditional not Christian because I'm always I still had a very strong relationship with God but like the very conservative Christian ideology, like in my teens. Mm-hmm. And I differentiated myself pretty, pretty um, effectively in that way. So because of that, like that departure wasn't that jarring. Um, and most of the community that I built for myself at the time, I was like, oh, okay, I think this is something I need to explore was, you know, most of my close friends, I was really fortunate because they were like, like it almost wasn't even a conversation it was just like oh okay i'm gonna start dating like i'm gonna be kind of curious about dating women i'm gonna see how this lands and um ended up ultimately like meeting the love of my life and that kind of blindsided me i was like okay that's why i got this internal nudge um but so like coming out for me was a little bit more of a process like Mm -hmm. and initially those those initial conversations while terrifying were kind of uneventful because like most of my friends were like okay cool like yeah like you know it's you're over drinks or something and it's like it's some you know and some women might be like curious about it or you might have conversations about it because or it kind of might open the door for other people to be like I've always been like wondering you know and then a whole conversation comes in like that um the big like gut punch ones were the family yeah um and that was something that took so like I'd say all of this starts to finish was about a year um for me when I started, like, even when I, when I told my, uh, I was in, in a relationship with my partner, my ex-partner, I actually brought it to him. I was like, Hey, like, this is coming up for me and I want to be transparent with you. And I don't really know what it means for us, but I want to be clear. And he was like super open or whatever. So that was kind of the beginning. And then as time went on, uh, I ended up uh, telling my mother first, and that was we're not we're not swearing on here but like (laughs) if we were it would be a big one wouldn't it it would be all (laughs) it would be all of them because like I think you know uh man I could talk endlessly about coming out to my mother and how I mean I ended up in therapy afterwards and that was Mm. really it was necessary like it was Mm -hmm. really really necessary that it was but uh you know and I I have a lot of theories about how it actually went and like making sense of it but the the actual crux of it was like just that I mean she was wildly uncomfortable with it and I think Mm -hmm. from a parenting perspective you know she was very much like I just want you to be happy and I don't think this is going to make you happy Mm -hmm. because of all of her biases like because of all the stuff that was in her space Um, which was really heartbreaking for me because for me I was like hey I just like found this giant puzzle piece of myself like And having connected this dot, all like these dots, all of these things make so much sense. And it was like, I want to be able to share this with you so that I can be my authentic self in this relationship. Um, and it was just like not available. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of grieving around that. Um, and even in our relationship now, it's she just doesn't talk about it. She just doesn't. We just kind of. I'm like, okay, this is, these are the bounds of like what's available in this relationship. And it's definitely created some space because it's like, it basically is, is like, she doesn't want to meet my partner, all kinds of things like that. Uh, And how long ago was it that you came out to her? A year. It was a year ago. A year. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 So this is all pretty, like, this is all pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it was all pretty recent. So she's, she's totally still in the process. And so for me, I'm really glad I've done as much work on myself as I have, because I can give her a lot of space, but yeah, there was a lot of, there was like, it felt a little bit like getting caught in a tornado, you know, the first, um, like really when it was happening. And even now I'm just kind of like, actually I'm praying a lot. I'm kind of just like, it's, she's going to land where she lands. Right. Um, ended up telling my brother, which was, <laughs> which was really interesting. Cause she, she, I got kind of caught in like a codependent pattern in the moment. Cause she was like, she was like, how she's like, can I talk about this? And I was like, well, mom, I'm like, I'm still in the process of like telling people, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm not ready for, for you to like, you know, like, I was like, if you need support, that's fine. Like go to, you know, I'm not hiding this, but like, I'd, I'd like you to be mindful of the news, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's not, it's not like something that I want you like talking about, like in the grocery, you know, like, like gossiping about like, I, so I, it just felt funny. Uh, and so she was like, well, I need to talk to someone about it. And she's like, well, can you tell your brother, you know, like, so oh, I have okay. someone uh -huh. and so in a moment of like wanting to kind of give her something, yeah. you know, I, I ended up telling my brother, um, and in retrospect, I was like, that was very unhealthy. Like I, I, the advice I would give myself in that situation was like, would be that you never, you do not need to come out like until you are ready. Like it is on right. your terms. Right. Um, and it was, it was very much like a caretaking move, mm -hmm. which I look back on and it ended up being good because I ended up in therapy and then we unpacked all of that. But, yeah. uh, you know, and then told my brother and my brother kind of exploded and was super mad. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he kind of like, uh, he, he saw it more of like an attack on my parents. Like he wanted mm. his argument was like, you should just not, um, you know, you just shouldn't bring it to it. Like you just shouldn't tell them. So he was uh, caretaking for your parents too. Yep. A lot of caretaking. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> and so like in that moment, I literally became like the villain. I became like yep. the aggressor. And, you know, and I remember saying to him, I was like, I was like, look, like, I love you. I love mom and dad. And I'm not, I'm actually not willing to carry on in, in like a relationship where I have to like reject large parts of myself to maintain the relationship like that's not and and I'm like mom and dad will survive this and mm -hmm. you know and, but I was like I'm not willing to make that that um you know that sacrifice and he, he looked at me and he was like well that's the problem like you should be willing you know you should be willing to do that and that's wow. but that's also very much like that those are his values like his mm -hmm. values are I'm actually willing to like you know there's this whole part of his life that my parents know nothing about and he leaves it out so that he can have a good relationship with them. And I'm like, that's actually not an integrity for me. Like I would rather have my relationship with my parents actually be shaky and have all the cards be out on the table. Right. So, and that was, that took a lot of sacrifice. Like that really, that was really, really tough. Um, yeah. You know, like my mom didn't talk to me for a couple months. My dad didn't talk to me for a couple months. It was, mm. it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And not to have the support of your brother and have him put it back on you, that's tough too. So, you know, I, I just want people to understand that when we come out, you know, it is, it is colossal. I mean, it's not just, I want to tell I want to tell you that I, what I did today, <laughs> you know, it's like life-changing for many of us. And like you said, you, you lost that connectedness for months at a time and it's still not back to fluid where you can just show up, you know, for Christmas with your partner, you guys have to pick and choose about where you're going and how you're going to do it. And it's just a big hassle. It's just a hassle. Totally. It's, um, you know, and I think that's the, it's so challenging because I think I look back, I look back on it and it's like for being like empathizing with myself and with other people who like you and like, mm -hmm. people who, like coming out is terrifying. And the moment, yes. it's like the moment before you say those words, it's like everything in your body feels like it's on fire. And it's kind <laughs> of like, I have no, like I'm, I'm like opening my insides up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like, oh my goodness, like I have no idea how this person is going to respond. And <laughs> I think on the other hand, if there's anyone listening to this who is like wondering how to respond or like maybe positing that one of their friends were like, 
family members might be like might be gay and mm-hmm. maybe they haven't come out yet there's going to be a really big inclination maybe to make it about you mm-hmm. or like like you know should you have known or maybe your parenting especially like if you came up in a like you know if you kind of are from a christian household which i think was my mom's inclination it was like did i parent you wrong like was right there some trauma right and i completely understand it and man like as much as as much love and empathy as i have for it like there's so much um the that response creates a trauma that then the person has to unwind every time they then come out to someone after that like i noticed after that i like was less likely to say it out loud or i kind of flinch you know like i kind of had a flinch Mm -hmm. response because i'm like oh god like i don't know what the person is gonna say no we never do Mm -mm. yeah and so i think the more graceful and loving you can be and the more emotional (laughs) emotional management you can like an emotional yeah, coping in the moment that you mm-hmm. can like, you can handle regardless of what's happening internally is like just gonna do your relationship so much good and do the person mm-hmm. so much good. So like take a breath and take a you know, take a moment would be my <laughs> advice to that person. But yeah, you know, the Lord knows they might not be listening to the podcast, but one can help. <laughs> <laughs> so so I I'm glad that that you're now able to talk with are you able to talk with both parents now? Yeah, um, okay. I mean, so about complicated question about this or about about being things. gay. Uh, not, well, you were not able to talk to them at all for a couple of months, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. They were completely off the grid for a yep. couple of months. Yeah, uh, and so I, yeah, now I would say our relationship is looks good, like like and we're able to connect and all of those things mm-hmm. um and things might from the outside one might say things are back to normal but <laughs> i am very aware of where the lines are right and that like you know recently my partner and i went to like san francisco for vacation and like mm-hmm. i was like oh like lauren's going out of town where's she going i was like oh i'm just going to like california with, with some friends because i'm just like it's literally not even worth having the conversation Aww. y'all can know where i am and i'm just and so that's something that I'm actively working through, you know, yeah. like, I don't want to, I, I think for me, it's like, not wanting to be dishonest or mm-hmm. anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, like, it is a little bit like throwing a grenade into my family system. And so mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like, you know, I, I don't know. And I think the thing that, that was interesting, right, since because one of my initial reasons for telling them was because I was like, I'm actually not willing to not throw the grenade. And now it's kind of like, okay, I've thrown the grenade and the amount of backlash it then has on me is yeah. actually not worth, is actually not worth it. Yeah, that's uh, that weird space of I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to tell you as lovingly as I can that who I really, really am. And then when it comes back on you like that, you almost go halfway into the closet. So they kind of know that you're out of the closet, but you're really not all the way because you change your language. You don't tell them everything. You can't just spontaneously share something. And it's really that I'm out and now I'm receding a little bit because now I'm traumatized because of your reaction. So it's not, it's not an instantaneous thing to be able to just share it and then everything be normal. And I understand people have to take their, I mean, our parents and sometimes our friends and our family, they have to take a breath because we've been working on this for a little bit before we told them, and then they get the shock of a lifetime. And so they have to work on it. But while they're working on it, I really wish there was a, a, a space where we could still stay out in compassion but not recede you know that i'm going to tell you hey i'm going to san francisco with my partner and they're just going to have to hear that language but i don't know i'm not saying you're doing this wrong i'm saying that i wish we could find that balance somehow we got to tease this out for us because it is difficult in the very beginning yeah, like, and y'all are catching me, like, literally in the first year. So, yes. I, mean, I, I, was so I really, about, that's why I love that yeah. you're here and telling the story, because these yeah. are the, the, the things that we go through. Yeah, I'm, like, literally in it, y'all. Yes. Like, and, well, and, yes. and it was funny, I was talking to my partner, I was like, would that be 
on a podcast later called Gay with God. And she was like, you're like a baby gay with God. And I was like, I know, I know I am. I'm like, because I don't, I'm still, and I think, I think the thing, like, literally, like, this is so new. And, and to this, to, I mean, I'm like, look, I can look back and find, find um, breadcrumbs, like, early. But I, this is the first time I've really related to myself, like, as, like, a gay woman. And. Good for you. I, uh, yeah. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I I think the thing the thing to your point about like that in between the the decision about how I'm navigating it came with a lot of support for it, like in therapy mm-hmm. where I because I was I was kind of like having that internal like my the way that I tend to live my life it just in everything is very much this is who I am like and that's yeah. kind of how I how I coach my clients like that's so part of my integrity. And with this, it took, it was really hard because it was kind of like the thing that I noticed was, okay, that is my integrity. And I still have these ties to this family where when there's this kind of emotional explosion, like there are such codependent patterns and like there are these dynamics in my family. And like, I love my family dearly. That's not to criticize them. I think most families have some codependent patterns. Yes. But like, uh, the the ripples that occur out here as a result of me standing in my power in this way in their presence mm-hmm. actually back like backfire and then like because my experience you know initially like kind of being in this was like like there were a few months there where I was like okay I have to be in therapy I am actively depressed like this is really hard like you know not like going through and talking to your parents pretty regularly but just having them be like gone. Mm-hmm. Um, is like was really rattling um, and so for me I was like okay I've got some work to do internally for me to be able to be with their reaction mm-hmm. before like I am going to be so an element of it is is still self-protective and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so re- important to realize and like I mean I don't know I'm talking now I'm talking in in, in like ex- not extremes but like universals or something mm-hmm. um, but like everyone's coming out process looks different and like Absolutely. everyone's at a different space and everyone's family is at a different space. Yep. And like for some people it's nothing. Like for some people it's just like, Hey, you know, like God bless those families. who are just like, Hey, we love you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, know them. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, like, it's nice to know, like, you know, like, um, but, uh, yeah. So, well, it was really weird when, when, when I came out, I, I was, I really didn't feel safe to do it. And so I, and I know my parents. And so I didn't feel safe to just do it in front of them and didn't think that I could. So I wrote a letter, but it took me six pages to say the word gay. And I thought, who, I need a little work. on this. I mean, so that's like that. When you were talking about, you feel like you just like open yourself up, you know, at, at that. And so the letter was me being able to, to, to say it to myself, I think first I hadn't really actually said it out loud to myself. I knew it, I was acting on it, but I hadn't said it to myself. And of course it was disastrous when they got the letter and it was a whole big thing. But um, when we came out to Sue's father, he, they went, Oh, and he jumped up and I thought we were going to get hit, but he came over to hug us, but we had, I'd had a traumatic time with, with my mom and, and dad. And then her mother didn't take it well at first, although now she's in our, our corner a hundred percent, but you know, it was so weird for her dad to be, I mean, like hugging his, his, you know, her stepmom was hugging us and, and they were just overjoyed, just overjoyed. And I'm like, Whoa. (laughs) So I do know one couple that (laughs) that was very happy. So early on, you said that, that you still identify as Christian and you still have a really good relationship with God. How did you contain that and keep that with you? Uh, through all of what you've gone through and how how difficult this has been so far yeah I think um you know I have a really I think my my experience is pretty unique because I I for me one of the reasons I actually left the church was because of the way it dealt with some things Mm -hmm. like like being gay and um it's so funny it's like how early on I was so fiery and fierce with other people and it was because it was yeah. safe out here you know it's like it's safe when I'm like I'm gonna protect them over there almost kind of like maybe <laughs> I'll create this world that'll become super safe and then like the real me can emerge yeah or like 
Um, but, you know, so I had kind of, like, one of the last times I remember going to youth group, and, like, frankly, the church that my family went to uh, was when I was, like, in youth group, and the pastor was up there, and he was, like, talking about what you're supposed to say to a friend when they come out to you as a Christian. And the guidance he was giving just made my, I don't even remember what he said. I just remember how I felt. And I was like, Ooh, not landing. And mm. so I'm in the, I was like, you know, 16 or 15 at the time. And I'm in the back and I'm raising my hand and I'm asking questions. I'm like that jerk who keeps poking. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I ended up leaving because I was and there, because there were a couple of other instances like that. One of which was like, uh, how you talk to people about evolution and like just certain things that I just couldn't quite align with. And so I left the church early with my parents. That caused a lot of, a lot of drama in my family, mm. but I did it early and it wasn't connected to my relationship with God or my sexual orientation. And the general trajectory of it, I think, you know, through my teenage years, I was definitely like, okay, screw this church thing, basically, mm -hmm. um, really kind of res responding to the people and like the judgment that I saw there and just really being like, I'm not, it, it, and in retrospect, it's funny because I was really judging judgment, which is just more of the thing. Um, and then later on, I started becoming way more spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I kind of noticed that for me, that connection with God, that connection with source was still there and it was actually inside of me. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was really apparent in my spiritual practices. And I, I never stopped praying or any of those things. And so for me, I got really clear, like the way I related to the church was very different than the way that I related to God and to spirituality and the idea and like, and Christ and like all of these kinds of pieces. Um, and so I'm still able to maintain it in that way. And then um, I think for me, I still am very selective now about like the churches that I will plug into yes. and if and when I plug into them. And for me, it's much more of an individual practice. And then like about finding community that plugs into God in the same way that I do. And that can mean 10 million different things. Like, for example, it can mean like the intuition group that you and I were in, you know? Yes. Um, and, and then I think on top of that, my, my, my concept of what it means to have a relationship with God has shifted. Um, it's shifted from what used to be like, it used to be very rule oriented and like, this is what it looks like. Your faith needs to fit into this box uh -huh. to me being like, okay, my, my relationship with God and with Christ and with source and Christ consciousness, like is very different. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to look like other people's faith. Like, right. and it might not follow the rules and that's okay. Um, and so, you know, learning about things like actually I still haven't really learned that much about it, but things like the concept of Christ consciousness or, yes. um, you know, learning to meditate very, very deeply and like actually mm -hmm. deepening my relationship with, with Jesus Christ, but like mm -hmm. doing it in a way that, is different than might be espoused in the church mm -hmm. um, has kind of just allowed me, I think, to kind of chart my own path with it and take the things that I learned there that were really, really powerful and like, and create my own path with it. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it looks like now. I think the, the, one of the best things, Father Joe, who, who is the priest at the Episcopal church that I actually joined this past year, um, the best thing he said a lot of great things, but one of the best things he said early on was that Midge, you don't have to give up anything that you're doing spiritually to be here, whatever it means, you know, whatever is bringing you peace and whatever you see as the God of your understanding, you don't have to give that up. And so it was, you know, because I've, you know, learned about Buddhism and I meditated and, you know, do yoga. And, and some people think that's, you know, heretical but yeah. <laughs> oh my god you do yoga but um it's becoming more mainstream now but it, it was nice for me to as i tried to to re-enter church and to try to get a little bit more um i don't know what the word is not religious but just a little bit more structure with my practice um i was glad that there was not an expectation that i leave all the other things that had been carrying me through these years and sustaining me in my spiritual practice that that was not 
it could all stay on the table. You know, however I needed it all to fit, it could all stay on the table and I didn't have to choose, which like we used to have to choose between being gay or being with God and being a Christian. And we never should have had to choose. And now, you know, I bring my meditation, I bring my spirituality to my relationship with God. And I think it all fits and it's all beautiful. Yeah. And it's, I think what I just got from what you just said, it, I think from the way that most of my, the way that I was traditionally taught Christianity needs to go, right? Like <laughs> when I was younger and like, this is the right way to do it. And this is, you know, all of those things. Um, all of the things that I currently am, <laughs> or not all of them, but a lot of the things that I currently am, you know, like, like being gay, being spiritual, meditating, yoga, like, like feeling into my intuition, like all of these things were, were straight up rejected, you know, right. like they were not, it's like, and, and what's interesting is like, when I look at my path, it's like, I left, I kind of left the church. I was like, okay, F you church. And then started dabbling the, the gayness clearly was something that woke up later, but like started dabbling in all these things, started dabbling in meditation. And what's interesting is that actually when I started exploring that, my relationship with God got deeper than it ever had been in the church because it actually allowed space for all of me. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's like so much of it is about, okay, what is just like, what's a, beyond like, is um is christianity the thing or the, are christian principles the thing it's like for me it's like what are the what are the structures that actually allow space for all of this right uh, you know and like that's why i mean it's so cool that you have you have a pastor who's got and i think there's you know there's starting to be so much more of those spaces and i think mm -hmm. lots, like 10 20 30 years ago they like they didn't exist and i think mm -mm. they're starting to you know they're starting to show up a lot yeah. more now because it's like okay we've been completely off we're alienating like this huge not only the alienating we're like actively traumatizing like this, yes. this huge group of people yes um you know and so i think finding those spaces that kind of give you give you like give you the reins to to explore without so much of the fear is just yes. like so 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 powerful so yeah yeah. So tell me about the love of your life. You said you had a great story when you, we talked earlier about this, how you found this wonderful person. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, it was funny, right? Cause I don't, for me, I, I'm not sure I ever would have really embraced this part of myself if I hadn't met my partner, Teresa. Um, and that's not to say that I think I would have kept Actually, maybe it didn't have to be Teresa. I think I just needed, like, actually to fall in love with somebody. Because mm -hmm. for me, I'd always had pretty good relationships with men. And, like, that was the world that had been defined for me. That I, it was kind of this role that I just kind of stepped into. Mm -hmm. um, and it worked pretty well. Except for the fact that, like, I wasn't really happy. I, I kind of had, like, we talked, I mean, one of the conversations we had, like, I kind of had this, like, eating disorder that would pop mm -hmm. up periodically. Mm -hmm like a lot of anxiety that kind of just, it was like this feeling of like something's off. Um, and what ended up happening was, so Vipassana attending meditation retreat, I started getting the nudge to um, start dating women. And what was funny was I had met Teresa right before that Vipassana. Again, no connection made. I'm mm -hmm. not like, oh, like there's, there's no connection here, but like she had just <laughs> come into my life. And um, so I'm on this Vipassana and I'm like, okay, maybe I need to start dating women. I don't know. This is really inconvenient. You know, my current partner is definitely still the partner for me. I'm going to stay in this. And so we're kind of like, I'm staying in the current, in that relationship. And then months later, I end up on that retreat with Jess. Uh -huh. um, and on that retreat, I was, I had been having a couple conversations with Teresa, like in a friend, like on a friend level where I left the conversation and I kind of had this like, funny feeling where I was like what is this weird like <laughs> like there's something in this it was like there was something energetically in the space that I couldn't put my finger on uh -huh. but I just you know I, I kind of couldn't breathe like it was wow. like you know I was like what is but it was completely like my my paradigm would not allow me to see it yes um and we were both in relationships at this point so there's uh -huh. nothing romantic you know there's nothing right. romantic happening here but I was like what is this like strange energy you know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? 
and then um basically what happened was i'm trying to actually remember like the exact sequence of events on that that meditation retreat i'm very like i get these like visualizations like these very mm-hmm. clear visualizations and i know that there are people who are probably listening who come from a very christian background who like whose alarms are going to go off when I start saying this. all the but- people in the bible had visions everybody calm down <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it, like, and regardless, it can also be like there's some conscious talking to you. Like, there are a lot yeah. of different, you know. Yeah. But I, I saw this like image of the two of us like standing together with this overlay of like, Warren, this is happening. Wow. You need to get on board. And it had been kind of like popping up for me over the course of the last few months, mm-hmm. not necessarily just with Teresa, but like in general. And I kept going like, that is inconvenient. <laughs> like, I am dating this wonderful man who wants to marry me and everything's great. Like, that is wow. super inconvenient. And I, like, shut it back in the closet. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my anxiety, my eating disorder, all of these things were getting worse and worse. Oh, and I'm sure. Yeah. Anything yeah. to distract you from what your truth was. Oh, yeah. It was literally yeah. like I was trying to shut it down. Yes. And, um, yes. So I get this. I get this meditation. And, of course, I get out of the meditation and my response is, Oh heck no! <laughs> it was still like shoving. The, I was like, I was like, now yeah. I'm just going crazy, and I'm like shoving it in the closet, literally. Um, yeah. Then I come home, and meanwhile, I'm getting these like very strong intuitive pings with, with no reason whatsoever that it's time for Tyler and I to break up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, none of this is actually like connected to any evidence or data. It's just like a deep knowing that I'm trying to not know. Mm-hmm. And I come home and he looks at me and he was like, I don't know why I have no reason for this, but he's like, I have been thinking nonstop for the last three weeks that we need to break up. And at that wow. point, I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> what is, what is happening? Like the universe is screaming at me and I'm screaming yeah. back. Like, I am not down with this. I am not consenting. You so can't I, make me. <laughs> you can't make me. And so I'm fighting, right? I'm like fighting really, really hard. Oh. And um, and by the way, like in these, in some of these meditations, there were like there was certain imagery that had mm-hmm. these like crazy connect, you know, these crazy connections. Like in one of them, there was um, a dragon and a phoenix that was mm-hmm. like, and it was like related to me and Teresa. And I ended up bringing it to her later. And she she was talking about how like she had this like family like heirloom where that those that image it had like an, a picture of that that depicts like divine masculine and feminine like perfectly paired and like so oh. you both get chills you know that kind of thing oh wow so um and then la 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 uh i just i'm like trying to now i'm trying to get back to where i was <laughs> um so what ended up happening was so tyler and i ended up breaking up and before before we end up breaking up Finally, I was listening to a podcast. Have you, listen, have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Yes. Okay. Fantastic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she was describing like early in the book, she describes what it was like when she met Abby. When mm-hmm. she met, so Glennon Doyle, for those of you who don't know, like she was like a Christian blogger, had grown up in the church, her church was like very, like that's how she got famous. She wrote this like marriage redemption novel. And then, like, with her marriage to a man, and and then she meets Abby Wambach, who's, like, this famous U.S. soccer player, yeah. and um, falls head over heels in love. Like, it's just, like, felt, you know, and she describes this experience, and I was, I got, like, full-body chills. Wow. And it was, like, it was, like, someone reached down and ripped the blindfold off of me and was, like, that's your person. Like, this is, like, more mm-hmm. pay attention. Yeah. Um, and at that point, it was interesting because I went from like fighting it very, very hard to just being like, okay, I'm paying attention. Um, and even with that, it took several months for us to like actually like, can I, I kind of surrendered and was just kind of like, all right, what's going to, like, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. Um, you know, I reached out to her at that point for like completely unrelated reasons. Like I wasn't really, I, in my mentality was like, I'm not going to force this. I'm not going to bring this to her. I'm just going to see what happens. Um, and lo and behold, when I reach out to her, she's going through a breakup too. Wow. Uh, and like, and then later on, you know, like, so months, months later, we ended up, you know, we started dating and, and I, um, she's a writer and this was actually the craziest thing. She, I'm telling her some of this. I was like, so, so I'm going to sound crazy. <laughs> like, I like lay out this. I was like, so I like knew we were going to date. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm like, 
lay out this trajectory. I'm like, I know like you're probably gonna say I should go go on meds or something, but like this is what my meditations tend to be like. And um and she kind of looks at me wide-eyed and like goes to her computer and opens it and pulls up this um this this story she had started writing right when we met about that literally like if you had in our lives and like our relationship and um change the names mm-hmm. it was literally our story and she had written it started writing it like a week after we oh my goodness and That's like so cool so she's, <laughs> so she's writing it and like she's basically writing my character like as this like woman she's madly in love with and like it like doesn't actually like you know um i'm saying you know i'm you know i'm flustered when i start saying like a lot i just <laughs> I think I'm just like, like but uh yeah. And so she was also completely clueless, like until we both kind of had this, this moment. Well, um, I can't wait to read that book. <laughs> I know. Get it ready. I know. I know. I know. But it was, just, it was like very, it was just, um, it felt, yeah, it kind of felt, it felt a little like a God thing. Like it was, yeah. Like, and I was, you know, I was fighting like hell to make sure that that didn't happen. How many angels like, did yeah. that take? <laughs> to get this know, girl to like, see the light <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean it's, it's just it was really really crazy but she you know and it's i um oh and i have to tell and i my eating disorder has been gone since yeah like nothing isn't anxiety, that amazing it's just like i'm like like my body and my brain are just kind of like oh okay we're good we're good we're, now. But we finally made it <laughs> the journey is yeah. wow yeah. girl so that's the story <laughs> that's the so that's the story that <laughs> That's an amazing story. So, so as we're wrapping up then, and I could, I could talk to you for hours. I I have so many other questions. You may have to come back because I I may have to fill in some of my blanks, but, um, and I'm sure the, the people who are going to hear this are going to have not only inspiration in their heart, but they're probably going to say, Ooh, we need more. So, um, (laughs) when, when your partner gets the book ready, um, she'll have to come on and tell her story and then we can plug her books. Yeah. Totally. But, but then how does that work? You know, she can't finish because your story is never ending. I don't I know. She's got to write it. She's got to write it. And then she'll know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Get, get busy, Tracy. Get big. So if someone was, was in the space that you were in and they were needing to, you know, they were going through the struggle of the, you know, coming out and telling people and, and how fearful that is, what would be some, the one thing you'd want to say? to them that you wish that you had known or you wish that you had heard um just just take a moment and think what would you what would what would be the one thing you you think that they would need to hear from you yeah um a few things i mean i think first off like we never know if it's going to be okay yeah but you will be okay oh i love that uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I think so much of it is like, just make sure you're really supported. Like, just Mm -hmm. make sure you are surrounded by people who love you. Like, Mm -hmm. build that army for yourself Mm -hmm. um, of like people you can trust. Um, Mm -hmm. Get, if you're not in those communities, start plugging into them before you tell yours. Oh, that's good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, so that you are surrounded by, if it means getting in therapy, getting therapy, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me. I mean, there are like so many things I learned that I would also say this was like a piece that was told to me that I completely ignored, but, uh, which I wish I hadn't, but like that you, it gets to, you get to go at your pace. Like this gets to go look the way they mm-hmm. need it to look like yep. no one can should, like, there is no excuse at all for anyone to push you out of the closet. Like you completely get to go at your own pace and gut check yourself and like, that is completely okay um and then the last thing would be boundaries Mm. um learn boundaries because i mean this was how i learned i think this is like how i learned boundaries you know there was this really pivotal moment with my mom actually this was the last time we talked about it where i was in this conversation i was so intent on like catching her and Mm -hmm caretaking her into understanding it and being okay so that we would be okay in our relationship and um 
and I caught myself as I was doing it because I'm like asking her these questions. I wanted to get it, get to the root of what her issue was. And um, I just ended up saying, ultimately, I kind of had this moment of clarity and boldness in the relation, in the conversation where I looked at her and I said, mom, I love you more than anything, mm. arguably. And this is your stuff, not my stuff. And I know that for us to have the type of relationship that I think you want, like, this is in the way and this is your stuff. You've got some stuff to work on. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff, the way that like you're biased, the way that you relate to this, this is yours. And for us to have that kind of relationship, you need to go work on it. And I can't help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and our relationship shifted after that for the better because that boundary was set. Um, and so I think the advice around that would be like, recognize what is yours what is theirs and what is yours together and don't it, it there might be an urge to over own um because likely like you know often the, the coming out conversation doesn't just become about coming out it becomes about all the baggage that you have in your right family. right surface and um that's just part of it and like don't be afraid to remove yourself protect yourself give yourself mm-hmm. space and grace and it is not your job to caretake your family into their own breakthroughs and acceptance you this probably spiritually i'd say is like i think for a lot of families it ends up being a huge breakthrough and like energy, like spiritual learning moments mm-hmm. and like don't deprive them of doing their work good yeah. beautiful so when you guys are listening to this podcast, I want you to rewind that and, and really unpack Lauren's wisdom. Because, but it, well, it's so relevant though. All of what you said was just brilliant. And I want everybody to just rewind and listen to that and write that down. Like if you're struggling, if you're out there and you're struggling and you really don't know how to do it and, and what's going to happen after, I love that you said, we don't know what's going to happen after. And that that's absolutely true, but that doesn't mean you're going to disappear appear or that you have to kill yourself. I mean, you're going to be okay, but you do, there are ways that you can have a safety net uh, as you're struggling and you're going through this. Your story is so relevant, Lauren. I love you so much for coming on this, on this podcast and telling your story. I know you're, you're, you're in the beginning of it and not everything's, not everything's worked out, but you know, sometimes it, it doesn't, it takes a long, long time to work out the family stuff and, and, and you guys are going to get there. I think that there is a, um, a connection between you guys. And I, I absolutely believe you'll get there. I, I, it took us a long time with my parents. It really did. So, um, but, you know, and, and with my brother ultimately, but that's for another day. So, <laughs> um, but I just, I thank you so much. And if you're, if you're listening here and you're struggling and you think that you can't be gay with God, well, you already are, uh, whether you know it or not, God hasn't moved. And, and as Lauren mentioned earlier, everything is within, you know, your source is within you always. And even if you don't know it, you're still, you're still fine. Everything's okay. So thank you again, Lauren. Thank you so much. Everybody remember that if you're listening to this, absolutely, you can share this podcast. Please get people involved. If you would like to be a guest on the show, follow the guest link and you can get your own taping and we can hear your story. And remember that every person's story is a light for someone else to see so that they can follow. Thank you again, Lauren. Thank you, Meg. You are so welcome. You're absolutely welcome. I want to invite you to become part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments on the Anchor Message app or on the show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and become a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for tapping on the support this podcast link. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.